Schooled, episode number 40, Overnight Success with Mitch Jackson. Welcome to Fueled, the podcast for teens that aspire for greatness. My name is Easton Allred, and I'm a successful entrepreneur, athlete, college student, and personal development guru. Each week, I interview successful and inspiring individuals that will teach you the secrets of setting goals and developing life-changing habits that will fuel you to greatness. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get fueled. Hello, Fuel listeners, and welcome to episode number 40 of Fuel. This is your podcast host, Easton Art, and it is great to be on the podcast with you guys today. Fantastic guest coming up, Mitch Jackson. Now, this is our very first lawyer on the podcast, which I'll be honest, as an entrepreneur, I was super hesitant to do this interview, but after doing the interview, I'm so glad I did. I learned a great deal from this guy, and I also really, really loved how passionate he was about what he did. He loves it, and he's doing things differently, and that's why he's so successful. He's made the lawyer of the year multiple times, and he also has a book called The Overnight Success. Mitch, it's great to have you on. Could you tell my audience a little bit about you and what you're doing right now? Well, that's a that's a long. You're asking for a long answer, but Ethan, <laughs> it's, good, it's good to be with you today and your audience. I'm a trial lawyer here in Southern California, 30 years practicing law, 2009 Orange County Trial Lawyer of the Year and 2013 California Litigation Lawyer of the Year, and I'm very proud of all that. And when I moved out here, Easton, from Tucson, Arizona, I knew one person in Orange County, California. I knew one person in California. Started my practice out of the back of my car, playing basketball down Laguna Beach, hustling, working harder than everybody else each and every day. Met my met my beautiful bride, my wife in law, law school. We've been married ever since. And uh, together we built our practice. And it's just been a fun ride. So I love practicing law. I love helping out young entrepreneurs build their businesses. I love talking business uh, technology, social media, digital, AR, VR, MR, and all the above. So it's, it's been a fun ride, and, and I'm here for you. Anything I can do, it'll be my pleasure. Awesome. So another thing I want to ask you about is you have a book called Overnight Success. Could you tell my audience a little bit about that book, and what was, your, what was the motivation behind writing it? My motivation was the last 30 years, which obviously was not an overnight success. <laughs> but when I speak around the world and I, I talk to, to large lawyer groups and they ask me, well, how did you do this or how do you do that? And I, I get the same questions and the same concerns and really the same self, self-erected walls that these people put up, boundaries to uh, really uh, it prohibits them from finding success. And the point of my book is to share all of the things that have worked really, really well for me over the years and my clients. I've got some very successful clients, and I'm able to sit down with a client and look o- across my desk, uh, Easton, and, and I can tell you if somebody's going to be successful or not. Okay, There's things that we've picked up over the years that are consistent with successful entrepreneurs and, frankly, unsuccessful entrepreneurs. So I've tried to put it all together in a book that's going to be coming out in the middle of 2017. But Obviously, there's no such thing as an overnight success, but I do think you can flip the switch. I think success is a mindset, and I think you can actually immediately, you know, just flip the switch, develop the right mindset immediately, which will then allow you day after day doing the right things consistently over time, constant and never-ending improvement, get to that uh, 
to the success that you're looking for. So that's why I call it overnight success. And that's why I'm so excited to share it with my audience. Awesome. And that sounds amazing. And that's cool to hear that different perspective because you always, I always hear coaches and, and mentors saying there's no such thing as an overnight success. It's a, it's a marathon and, and everything you're doing is little by little you build up. But an interesting way to think of it is you're right. You can just flip your, flip the mind, your mind switch and you can be successful just like that. So I love that. And, um, you said that when you when you look at someone, you can tell very fairly quickly if they're going to be successful. What are some things you look for, and what makes successful people successful? I think, well, first of all, let me say with the overnight success, it's all a mindset, and the point is to develop the right mindset. I've I've been around people in business, uh, East End for you know twenty thirty years, and I've watched them do the same thing each and every day, and they're still trying to become successful. Whatever success means to them whether it's money, whether it's having free time, whether it's spending more time with your family, whether it's traveling around the world. And what I've noticed is they've never given themselves permission to take the right risk to allow them to go down the path of success. And I think that's what I mean is you can give your per yourself permission immediately and then you can start that journey. Um, with respect to common commonalities that I've noticed with clients and people that I've engaged with over the years, uh, Easton, I've, I've seen, it, it has to do with a mindset of having a positive approach towards life. I think successful people, the way I define it, or are people that, you know, take care of their health, both physically and emotionally. They take care of their family, and then they take care of their business or occupation in that order. My father-in-law was a milkman. He started off loading milk crates in the back of a milk truck. When I met, no college education, and when I met Mike, who we affectionately call the chief 20 years later. When I met him, he owned his own dairy distributorship here in Southern California. He retired at 51 years of age, comfortably. Three beautiful daughters. I married the middle one. But, you know, Mike, <laughs> the, milk, Mike the milkman, you know, he, he's the one that pulled me aside. He goes, Mitch, let me tell you, Mike the milkman's three keys to success. Number one, you've got to take care of yourself. Number two, you take care of your family. And number three, you take care of your business, your occupation, or your profession. He's one of the brightest guys I've ever met. And I'm around a lot of smart people every single day in court with all the other lawyers and judges. But Mike the milkman's at the top of the list. So when I look across my desk and I meet someone that's got those three keys uh, to success listed in the right order, that they practice what they preach, that's the walk that they talk. Um, I know th those individuals are the ones that are going to be successful. I know the ones, people that put their business before everything else are the ones that are setting themselves up for failure, okay? They get burned out, they have unhappy family situations, they develop bad habits, and basically they just go down, you know, Inevitably, it doesn't work out for them. And, and so those are three of the qualities or characteristics I see each and every week that help me differentiate between who's going to be successful and who's not. Mm -hmm. I love that. And Mitch, could you describe yourself in three words? <laughs> You're asking a lawyer to describe himself in three words. Exactly. <laughs> I get paid by the word, my man. <laughs> well, let me just say uh, probably do good things. And I'll just leave it at that. I just really feel that uh, it's each of our, uh, it's my purpose, and I think the purpose of many other human beings to try to do good things 
in the world. Try to make each day better than the day before. But not for me, but for my family, for my clients, for my friends, for people in the community, people who I care about. One of the things I'm so excited about with social and digital is, look, you and I got to meet. I, you know, We would not have met had it not been for the social platforms, had you not reached out to me, had we not had a mutual friend. And so it allows people that want to do good things or do the right thing to expand that sphere of influence on social and really share that message, not just down the street or on the other side of the town, but also on the other side of the world. And I think that's what's so exciting uh, about being alive today, especially someone your age who's just getting started. I mean, imagine what your future is going to look like in the next 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. Pretty it, exciting. Very exciting. I, you know, that was a fantastic answer. I think that that is something that I have been striving for. And, and it is something I struggle with because I'm, I'm always trying to find ways to serve, but I'm also very good at coming up with excuses that oh, I'm not old enough. I can serve when I'm older, when I have more money and more financial freedom. But what I've come to realize is when I take the opportunity to do service and to do good and to make somebody's life better, I feel I feel warm inside. I feel good. And honestly, even, even though it makes you feel good and it makes the other person you're helping feel good, I would say it helps just as much in business as well because you change your mindset. And when you're trying to serve people, that's how you make money. Service is the way you make money, not by you're not trying to sell anybody anything. You want to help them develop something in, in most businesses. So great answer there. And what would you consider to be the number one tool for success? Service above self. I mean, mm. let's just go ahead and follow that theme. Before we went live, you and I were talking about Rotary and Rotary International. And the Rotary theme, Easton, is service above self. And for your listeners who aren't familiar with Rotary, it's 1.3 million Rotarians in 175 different countries around the world, 33, 34,000 clubs, non-political, non-religious organization. It's just about service. And you're absolutely right. When you're serving the community, you benefit because you're doing good things. You're helping people. It it makes them feel good. It makes the quality of their, their life better, but it also makes you feel good because you're doing the right thing. You take that mindset back into the office. I take that mindset back into the law firm or into the courtroom. And I know for a fact that the jury can feel it. The judges can feel it. The opposing counsel can feel it. It's a very contagious type of attitude and feeling that allows you to perform better. It allows you to sleep better at night. And I do have a little tip for you because you said it's a challenge sometimes, you know, when putting service above self, it's a challenge because it takes time. It takes effort. It takes hustle. That challenge never stops. Okay. I'm at the other end of the spectrum. And I'll tell you, even on a daily basis, you still have to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You still have to, you know, sometimes, okay, I've got rotary tomorrow morning at seven in the morning, every Wednesday, I'm not really up for going tomorrow morning, but, you know, I'm going to be there because it's the right thing to do. And then you walk in the door and you start getting hugs. You start looking at the projects you're doing. And in 15 or 20 minutes, you you wouldn't want to be anyplace else in the world. So that challenge that you have and you're experiencing today, it's never going to go away, but it will become more manageable. Mitch, our habits shape who we are and who we become. What habits do you have that you have felt have made the biggest difference As long as you make sure that you're focusing on the good habits, Mm -hmm. then you'll see the good change and the good lives. There are a lot of people out there, Easton, with bad habits, whether they realize it or not, or unproductive habits. 
So the habits that have worked really, really well for me, and it's it's a habit that a lot of people don't want to hear about. A lot, a lot of young trial lawyers will ask me, well, how did you get that big verdict or how did you build your law firm? And it's because of the habit I have of outworking and out hustling everyone else. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but that's my secret recipe to success. I have the habit of of outworking anyone else on whatever whatever it is that I'm doing. So if we consider that a habit, that's one thing. The next, the other habit that I think is really really important is to is to have a habit of constantly caring about the other person, constantly being concerned about not you or me, but being concerned about everybody else in the room. And I think it's a leadership quality that that's easy to develop and learn, but a lot of people miss it. It's not something that's taught in school, but I really believe in life. And I'm looking at 30 years of being a lawyer, another five or 10 years of being in business. The more you try to help other people, the more you develop the habit of wanting to make a difference and help others, the more good things will come back to you full circle. You're not doing it for that reason, but I do think that's the way things work. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite thing you said right there is that hard work really is a habit. And the reason I like the answer so much is because sometimes I think, of hard work as something that's just, you just kind of do it. You just kind of gut, gut it out and get it done. But when you think of it truly, it's just if you make, make it a habit to work harder, then over time it'll be easier and easier and easier to yep. keep that habit and to keep working and it won't be so painful. That, so that was really a profound answer. And what makes you different? I know you said you work a lot harder, but what else? I want to hear you were the lawyer of the year. What, why, what put you in that position as opposed to some of the other lawyers that you work with? You know, great question and easy answer. My first five or 10 years of practicing law, and this, this applies to whatever business your audience is going into, I tried to do things like everybody else in town. I tried to represent my clients like other lawyers. I tried to try my cases like other lawyers were trying their cases. And it just didn't feel right. I just felt like I was kind of in a grind. I wasn't making the progress that I wanted. I was getting good results, but not great results. And then a couple of things happened in my life, all good, and I realized and, and became empowered to start doing things my own way. So I realized that, and I tell young lawyers today, for the last 20 years, this is what I've been doing and it works well, if you're doing things like every other lawyer in town, if you sell shoes for a living and you're selling shoes like everybody else in town, you're not going to stand out. You're not going to make a difference. You're not going to get exemplary results. So once I figured out that it's okay to be different, it's okay to approach, in my case, the practice of law uh, differently than everyone else. I'm the lawyer down at the beach at 630 in the morning, flying my drone, periscoping live to the world with hundreds of people engaging during a live chat. Oftentimes it has nothing to do about the law, but it has everything to do with building relationships and then taking those relationships when I get into the office and start building business relationships. You know, how many lawyers do you know that are that are that are uh, riding and racing motocross down at the track with eight or 10 other lawyers and judges building relationships that way? It's just a different way to live your life. It's a different way to engage on an everyday basis. And guess what? It's fun to do that stuff. So I'm having fun doing things that a lot of other lawyers aren't doing, but indirectly it allows me to build my brand in a way that very few other lawyers have that brand. 
And I think that's what people connect with. People like doing business with other human beings, you know, who they know, like, and trust. And one other thing that's really um, worked well for us, Easton, is I'm not afraid to be transparent. I mean, what you see is what you get with me. And I think clients appreciate that. I think jurors appreciate that. And it's something that professionals need to learn how to let their hair down and just be themselves. By being yourself, you're going to connect with other people. You're going to start building rapport. And then things are going to start happening. So those are just some of the things off the top of my mind that have worked really well for me over the years. It is so cool to see that you are totally stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing things completely different from any other lawyer. Yet you're happier. You're more successful because of it. So, so great to see that. And the next question I have for you is I think everybody has to go through adversity at some point in their life and how we handle adversity shapes who we become. So how have you been able to overcome adversity in your life? Well, I'll tell you what I do and what I've told my kids uh, while they were growing up. I've got a 22-year-old daughter that just finished her first semester of law school at USC. She's doing great. My son's a junior in high school and he's doing great. And I always tell them when something happens bad, Uh, something bad happens or something unexpected happens, I always ask them to take a step back and ask themselves, okay, what just happened and what can I learn from it? So I've tried to condition them to ask those two questions. What just, what really just happened and what can I learn from it? And once you condition your, your, your mind to immediately go there and instead of feeling sorry for yourself or instead of feeling bad about not making that goal or not getting that grade in a class, you know, what just happened, what can I do about it, and what can I learn, what's my takeaway? And it's a process, so once once I learned how to do that, and once I learned that an unexpected result uh, is not necessarily a bad thing, it's a foundational element that you can build upon. Uh, Most of the successful people I've met over the years, Easton, are people that have failed more than they've achieved success, But by failure, it's not the end of the world. They looked at it as, okay, that didn't work the way I wanted it to. What can I adjust? What can I change? What can I do different to try to get a different result? And sometimes it's small incremental changes built upon one failure after another that eventually leads you to success or to that final goal. Most people I've run into give up after one or two tries. You know, they just give up and they stop trying whatever it is they want to do. The successful people keep pushing forward, keep modifying, keep changing their behavior until they reach the goal that they're looking for. Mitch, I love how happy you are. What has been the key for your happiness? Well, first of all, I don't take anything for granted. I mean, any problems I have are first world problems, (laughs) nothing really to stay up late at night night and worry about. And uh, I've always been able to keep things into perspective. You know, I was that kid coming out of high school, Easton, with average grades. Uh, I went to the University of Arizona and turned a four-year degree into a five-year experience, just took my time, wasn't in a hurry, was an average student. Uh, but looking back, those experiences really did give me a different perspective about, about life and about what I'm doing today. And what I mean by that is back then I took things for granted. I got a little bit lucky, got into a law school I probably shouldn't have gotten into. 
And then I just started kicking ass. I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. Sorry about that. But then I started really focusing and 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 turning my life around. And I guess for me, the message, the takeaway was: it's never too late to start giving it your best. Okay, your best shot at whatever you want to do. For me, it was you know in my early twenties. And what breaks my heart sometimes is, is to see young adults in their late teens, 18, 19, and 20, and I've seen it with some of my, my kids' friends, who basically give up. They feel like their life's over with, and, and they stop trying. And the reality is, for me, my 20s, to, my 20s from 20 to 30, those were some of the best years of my life. I mean, between law school and living up in Lake Tahoe, getting a couple of full seasons in, you know, snow skiing in the winter and sailboarding in the summer— it allowed me to build new friendships and, and, and just do things uh, that a lot that I would not have had the opportunity to do had I just not pulled up stakes and moved from Tucson, Arizona, move up to Lake Tahoe without a job, found a job, turned that into a career for a couple of years and and then parlayed that back into going to law school. So I know I went a little, I'm a little sidetracked from your question, but it's just all a matter of just kind of moving forward, you know, and enjoying the experience don't take things too seriously. Life is frankly is a big game and I take what I do very, very seriously, but I don't do it for the money. I don't do it um, to beat up on the other side. When I take a case, it's because I believe in my client. I'm looking for justice. I'm looking to fix a harm. I'm, I'm looking to right a wrong. And so for me, it's an enjoyable experience and I get up every day and just, just, Thank God that, uh, you know, he's given me another sunrise to go in and do my stuff. And, and I'm telling you, once you get that frame of mind in life, it's a fun journey. And so I encourage everyone, you know, to follow their passions. I think it's important. I know following your passion isn't going to make you successful. It's not going to make you wealthy. It's not going to make you, um, you know, a success in business or whatever it is you decide to do. But following your passion makes it a lot easier. It makes that work that you described doesn't feel like work. You know, when I'm in the office all day long and I'm still working my butt off, I enjoy it. You know, it's a, it's it's actually something that I look forward to each and every day. So it doesn't feel like work because it also happens to be one of my many passions. So follow your passion out there. That's really important. Now, just really quick, do you have a favorite quote? And the quote is by Mark Twain and it says, do the right thing. It will gratify some people and astonish the rest. And mm. I just love that quote. I think it's awesome. Now, as this interview is coming to a close, unfortunately, do you have any last parting words of advice for fueled listeners? Well, my advice was, would be to, to uh, enjoy the journey. You know, take a step back, take a deep breath. Don't take things so seriously, you know, uh, and enjoy this gift that we've all been given. And it starts with a sunrise and it ends with a sunset. And just keep making incremental, small, positive changes each and every day towards your goals. And you'll eventually get there. You know, treat other people with kindness, care about other people, make the conversation about somebody else and not about you. Um, do what you can do for others and for your local community, both online and offline, without any expectation of getting something in return. You do all of these things, and I think you'll be putting yourself ahead of 99% of all the other people out there that are going through life the wrong way and they're going through business the wrong way. And oftentimes these people 
realize it too late in life. You know, after it's all said and done, they realize I wish I had spent more time with my family. I wish I had spent more time up on the ski slopes and less time in my office. I'm just saying that life's a balance and the sooner we all realize that, the more enjoyable of a life experience we can have. Thank you so much, Mitch, for getting on the podcast. And thank you all, Fuel listeners, for tuning in to episode number 40 of Fuel. Leave a rate and review, subscribe, and I'll see you all in future episodes.